Ready Check Radio. What's up, Internet? It's Thursday. It's 7 p.m. Eastern, and that means here on Ready Check Radio, it's time for The Relic Grind, Final Fantasy XIV Square Enix podcast, and we've got both of those today. Some Final Fantasy XIV stuff, of course, the live letter last Friday. We're going to be reviewing that. We've got other Square Enix stuff all over the board. This is episode 104. I'm your host, Mike Byrne, a.k.a. Magic Man, as always. If you're watching on YouTube... Or listening on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, any of those podcast platforms. Thank you so much. We appreciate the support. Much love. Give it a like, a subscribe, a review, turn on those notifications, throw a comment there. All the stuff that you got to do to feed mama and papa algorithms. And if you like what we do here, (laughs) tell a friend. If you need to know where, readycheckradio.com right there on the bottom of your screen. All the socials and the backlog of all of our shows. Up on the site. Uh, some programming notes. Uh, no Faye tonight uh, or next week. She's prepping for MomoCon, much like Yod is. Uh, no gaming gumbo this Saturday. That's the 20th. Uh, I will be, I've been asked to commentate Square Enix's Materia Cup for Final Fantasy trading card game uh, from Collector's Cash in Kansas. So, uh, Lenexa, Kansas. So that'll be firing day one. We'll be commentating seven rounds, Gabe Cavalieri and myself, and then another team of awesome individuals from the community commentating Top Cut the following day. So you can check that out. Follow us on Twitter. I will be sure to tweet out from Ready Check Radio and FFTCG Link Shell links to all of the the streaming events. So if you want to see some Materia Cup action and my ugly mug commentating, come on over. Uh, Following week, 27, uh, 26th, no gaming gumbo or Torchwick stream. Uh, Torchwick and I will be in Ontario at Red Dragon Shop for a store championship for FFTCG. So lots of stuff going on. Stay tuned to all the socials. On that note, let's introduce our host. It's Mr. Chris Montoya, a.k.a. Tarkoth. What's up, sir? Greetings, programs. Now, if they want to see your ugly mug, you're still here on the Relic Grind every still, Thursday. Yeah, every Thursday. Yeah, I mean, I we'll, am a little and, sad though, and we'll be here next Thursday too. Nothing interferes yep. with that. Why are you a little sad? Well, apparently, my favorite job, my favorite role in Final Fantasy fourteen yeah. is obsolete. It's oh. not needed. Oh, for the for the most strenuous content. Oh, well, we'll be Crazy. sure to we'll be I'm sure sad. to get into that and see what the hell you're <sighs> talking about there. Jesus. That doesn't sound very Yoshi P at all. No, yeah, that we'll, doesn't. It sounds awful. We'll take a peek. But joining us to do it, Mr. Paul Berlin, aka Flynn. What's up, Flynn? Hey. There was a live letter made me want to read. Oh? <laughs> I have been getting back into Dante's Inferno. Uh-huh. Well, this is the fault of my comedy, and there may be some law implications. Maybe. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. We'll be sure to cover that as well. Well, I mean, gents, you guys did uh, a little like uh, reaction stream during the live letter on Friday. We did. Uh, the two of you together. So let's just start there. Initial impressions of the the live letter as as a whole. No no individual specific part of it. We'll give our usual rundown in just a minute. But your impression of the live letter as a whole. Are they kind of still on par with like the latest ones kind of just being, you know, an even keel thing in our opinion? Was this better? Was this worse than than they've recently been? What'd you think, Tark? Let's just say 
it's a lot more fun having someone there with me to, for the three plus hours. You oh, know. definitely. Yeah, I would. I would never. I've never done one of those alone, and never would. If it's like uh, me and you, I, cool. I'm, if it's you know, you we go over to Mister Happy's thing, or if it was all three of us, cool. But never by myself. No, God, no. <laughs> uh, then you know there was no hour of uh, merchandise sales, so that was that was. <laughs> thank God, it was just done. After it was done, it was done. Um, but it was okay. I mean, it's run of the mill, especially with the second one. They're just kind of rehashing, maybe showing, you know, a few more screenshots. We got the trailer. Um, you know, and we got the classic Yoshi P showing, you know, cards. Why they don't have those on slides to show all the gear and, and weapons and stuff that I they're mean, to know, be fair, they, they had some. They had some. <laughs> they had but some. I think it's just usually, you know, it's Yoshi P it's tradition it? at this point, you right? Know, like it's, <laughs> interactive he's all like look guys i got this on a car Grab yeah, it's, slide it's tradition now at this point come I think. on what'd you think Flint? oh yeah it was fun like i said uh taco scene it's a lot more fun uh talking about it in real time and just seeing little bits like ooh, what's this what's this so yeah it was good got me hype like i said it's got me reading so <laughs> it definitely left an impression this live letter See, now I kind of want to go back and play Dante's Inferno. What an underrated yeah. game. I know, right? Oh, it was. I actually got my Dante figure back yeah. there. I got the collector's edition of that. Was... I mean, it was kind of rightfully underrated because it kind of just like was like, hey, let's do God of War with it a was... different skin. And it got a bad rap because of that. But I enjoyed that. And game. instead of, you know, oh, I really you know, enjoyed the game as well. Greek, you know, Christian Catholic, you know, stuff. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, Dante, good old Dante. Uh, good old, good old Alighieri. Wait. Alighieri. Mm. No. <laughs> oh, I mean, let's kick it off, gents. Uh, obviously, the trailer uh, dropped. And I'll tell you what. This was one of the better trailers I've seen in a while. Not to say that the previous ones were bad. They're always very, very good at this. But just my boy, Golby. Like, he was, <laughs> he was front and center throughout this entire thing. And you had to, yeah, you had well, to love to see it. You had to love to see it. Uh, absolutely loved this trailer. Really set the stage for the trial uh, with with Golbez. Really set the stage. We got a peek at a bunch of like it seemed like a almost a boss trailer, right? Like we mm. we got to see Golbez. Yeah. We got to we got to see uh, some of the uh, Pandemonium. We got to well later we found out you know for for sure. Uh, it was pandemonium that we were seeing there, uh, and then we like saw what looks to be you know a huge big ass kraken, and <laughs> and then some of the it looked like the uh, variant dungeon uh, stuff as well. It was just like yeah, that I was, was good. I, this trailer was like custom made for me, right? Show me trailers that show <laughs> me boss fights and dungeons, and I'm a happy Mike. Uh, so I absolutely loved the trailer that they that they dropped here. Oh, definitely. So much action, so many uh, red flags as uh, yep. we come to expect. Yeah, and I think go ahead. We'll let you. We'll let you talk about some of the red flags. Now you teased uh, some things with your your novel there. So go ahead. Oh, uh, for me, it's just uh, realizing that this expansion for our endgame stuff, we are dealing with basically the divine comedy. We got pandemonium that is dealing with inferno, but I think it's going into purgatory from P ten. And then we got, obviously, the Pantheon for Paradiso. But the biggest thing I found funny is when he dropped the name Kakaitis. Yep. Kakaitis mm. is the ninth circle of hell. We are fighting in turn nine. 
Whether it was planned that way or not. Subtle. But they, subtle they like a sledgehammer. Yeah. There's a, this is completely out of context because it's from the book. But there's something I've uh, read, and it just made me think of La Brea. Uh, I found one of you such that for his works, his soul already bathes in cacitis, and then his body still seems alive on Earth. Look at some bosses. There's an idea that uh, Electonios, he might be rejoined now because it's there in our time. And passing through the ethereal seed, he might have been able to reconnect his soul a little. We shall see. There's definitely, you know, Yoshi P isn't subtle when he comes to these types of references to classic literature or yeah. mythologies of, of any type. He's never very subtle. He, like, keeps it a secret and hints at it, but then once it's exposed, you're like, yeah, that wasn't subtle at all. <laughs> like, that wasn't subtle at all. Oh, I love the way this trailer ends. I'm just, I'm, I'm enraptured here. Like, when the, the fade down uh, over the ASEAN half symbol fade in and yeah. then the camera pan down onto Golbez on the throne. Such an awesome trailer. Such an awesome trailer. Uh, uh yeah. Tark, are you uh are you prepped? Did this get you hyped? Like the way that was this did um, this do it for you to get you started? You you still kind of sound a little lukewarm about things. Uh maybe it's because I'm still working through my PvP series, that battle pass. I still I got four rings to go. I don't have to grind it out like I did last one, but oh. um once that's done. You know, and then we got a new crafting tiers. Like, I, I, there's a lot of work that I need to do once it drops. It's like, I'm, it's hard to get hyped. This, maybe, I mean, this is the last one before you head to FanFest. This is the last know, live the last letter one. before you go. Uh, it's the last one. Um, maybe part of the trailer, and maybe it's just me. Remember the old days when the trailers were like, they would segment it based off the content. So you'd see... You know, they say this is the dungeon, and you see bits of the dungeon. Like, I kind of miss that. Like, I don't know what part is what. And, you know, it's nice to maybe go back and do a video and, like, oh, this is from this part. And Flynn and I did that. But sometimes I just get confused about what's what. Well, uh, that's you know, the point. Overall. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a fair overall. point. I got to say, though, I think that actually probably comes from not having the sheer amount of story content to drive a trailer like they have in the past, right? Maybe. Because the, yeah. the dot one, dot two, dot three, dot four, dot five have kind of been like these almost a an epilogue to the the main story of Scions and a little bit of side stuffy nods to Final Fantasy Four. And if you go back and watch some of those other trailers, there's a lot of dialogue that's included in those between characters that we that's didn't true. see a ton of in here. And they kind of piece together a narrative through the trailer. Uh, and then segment that narrative with you know dungeon content and this and this and this. I definitely prefer that, but I don't know. I don't know if that's. I agree with you. I prefer that, but I don't know how much of that is they're making a stylistic change versus they don't have the story content to do that because they're setting things yeah. up for 7.0 and they haven't shown us any of that stuff yet. Well, if you remember back in a Rome Reborn and Heaven's Word, those post-launch. Uh, main story quest you, you'd get like 10 quests per ms <laughs> per yeah. msq patch so now we're down to what three four five so yeah there's there's a lot less to pull from i just i i was just something that was fishing around in my brain i i'm i'm getting hyped for it there's just a lot of work once the patch drops and then may, maybe i'm this is part of why i'm thankful that 
the raid is one week later because I can deal with all that stuff and then focus yeah. on the raid a week later. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, and then you do have a uh, lot of yeah. what was shown coming not right away because it's part of the the four or five, right? The further Hildebrand sure. stuff, the the manager yep. weapons, the splendorous tools, the uh, you know all that stuff that's coming in in six four five. So you have a little bit of time for that type of stuff before it's going to take effect as well. But running through the actual content of the the live letter, let's kind of start with uh, gear. Right, because we got to see the elegant tombstone of comedy gear. Let me pull up the mm-hmm. B-roll here for you. There you go. Uh, and then we also saw later some of the 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 more should I say sparkly gear? I guess I mean with the gems floating oh. around it and everything. Yeah. Um, and I gotta say, you had mentioned Tark that, and I don't I don't main a healer, so I'm asking here more than than saying. This gear looks fine. I like it. It's great. I like the yes. the raid gear, right, with the the floaty crystals and stuff all around it. Uh, but looking at that screenshot, I I kind of feel like healers get shafted still. Like it's just hey, here's uh, a, here's another robe. <laughs> <laughs> like here's, yeah, here's another here's another robe. Go ahead and put it on. And and, and, a- and by the way, you don't have some of the sparklies that other people have. Uh, and by the way, some of you aren't going to be able to wear the headgear because you're Rothgar. Um, it's just. <laughs> So sad. Like, uh, is that the case? I think like, the uh, tombstone gear looks good. I think the tombstone gear looks really good. Yeah. Um, but like, like we said with this last year with the raid gear it, having particle effects, now you can never go back. You have to have particle effects. Yeah. So you're gonna have the particle effects on the raid gear, and they showed that. But the healer, and so maybe a lesser strength, the caster gear is really so basic. It's just like this white gown and maybe a little couple things here and then they're like trying to make the particle effects the selling point and i don't think that's anywhere near enough i mean i i need to be like in a full glow if you're just going to give me a basic dress like that so again we get shafted again with the with the gear choices so it's not just me right like like i said i don't main healer so i'm not i'm not active i i do have a max level healer but i'm not actively like chasing best in slot on that healer every patch some sometimes i am because that's what my my friends need in that particular patch and then sometimes i'm two patches behind because i don't really play it because i'm not needed on that i'm needed on black mage but every like just lately, I thought maybe it was just me. It's just like, oh, well, there's another white uh, hospital gown for the healers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's something I definitely see a lot just as a casual thing. Like your uh DPS gear and the tank gear. I'll see that glammed every now and then. I'll see yeah. that just as random glam, people run around themselves, running around anywhere. But the heathen stuff is always glammed over. It's always something so wildly different to robes. <laughs> Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. even with me, when I casually play healer, I made a set of scrubs. Because it's like, yeah, I'd rather look <laughs> like I'm in scrubs than in robes. <laughs> look, if I'm going to be dressed like a nurse, I might as well just be a nurse. Give me give me the exactly. scrubs. <laughs> give me the scrubs. <laughs> uh, no huge job changes, no large-scale job changes in 6.4, but there are a few. The one I thought was probably the most interesting was a bunch of party buffs have had their... Radius extended. So oh, yeah. That is going to be so nice. 30, 30 moms. This is mostly on stuff that like increases damage output of the group or reduces damage taken to the group. Is this is this more of, uh, hey, this needed to be done, Tark? Or is this more of a, you know what? We're starting to make 
the play space of trials and raid fights uh, bigger. So by necessity, this has to be bigger. Uh, maybe a little bit of both. I mean, I think we started to see that with Astro and their stellar explosion being the size of Montana. So <laughs> that's the bit. Um, <laughs> Uh, so people were wondering, well, uh, why can't they do this for like the bubble or, you know, inserts, you know, defensive aura here. Um, and the other part of that is that like when we were doing top, like there were so many times we were split apart, like, and you have to really micromanage where you're putting your buffs, um, and how long they're going to last because you're not going to be all together. So maybe they're trying to eliminate that and make splitting apart from the raid group less of a chore i don't know but I, i'm thankful for it less mind-numbing yeah. micromanaging of buffs and stuff so uh paladin's atonement no longer interrupts a combo when used thank god yay that's a nice change oh yeah. but i will uh, just quickly going back to that yeah go ahead, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, damage buff increase uh especially if you do more duty finder based content you will always have the black mage that's just out in the middle of nowhere in ley lines. Hey, man, you know, well, that's where we range. dropped our ley lines. Deal with it. Yeah. That's where we put exactly. them. Exactly. So this is for the <laughs> ranged people who was like, I'm ranged. I'm going nowhere near the boss. And the black oh. mages who are too stubborn to move. Yeah. <laughs> so you're that's saying this is a UHP call. Yeah. UHP's like, you know, I'm tired of not getting my buffs. They, Extend this hey stuff. Man. I ain't moving. Hey, man. I'm curious if it's going to affect like... That's uh, where I dropped my ley lines. You're the one that picked like healer. That. Keep me up. <laughs> yeah. I'm not needed anymore. I'm going DPS. Is, so. that, is that the attitude to take? I don't think that's the attitude to take. <laughs> These are my ley lines. Heal me. Uh, Dragoon's jump and high jump is no longer affected by your position when the server checks that position. So both actions can now be performed while bound. <laughs> so, yeah. Yay. Which is a yay. really good change. That's a it great is. change. <laughs> Yeah, it knocks them out of their source of power. Yeah. So, like, fights like Rubicanti, when you can't do jump mechanics during uh, purgations, you're just losing so much CPS because you can't generate your power. Uh, and then we get to some PvP changes, Tark. I, I'm going to let you talk about this if you if you care. Uh, I mean, the frontline new UI uh, thing is cool. I, I think that that's a great yeah. change. I, I actually didn't like the map change. I was like, oh. Okay, now it just looks like a a triangle map from every other shooter I've played. I mean, to be fair with no, that, but I don't American, care. This is like the at the end map. of the day, I don't have a horse in that race, so yeah. I don't care. Yeah, uh, to be fair for that particular map, which was Shatter, um, that space was just empty. We, no one actually went out that far, anyways. So right. why not just cut it down, save space on the servers, whatnot? I, you know, I guess we're still having problems with that. I uh, can't get a house for the life of me. Um, but, it always comes you know, back it, it, to the I, house with this I, guy. Always, it does. always comes back to a house with this guy. Uh, so that space wasn't needed anyways. I do like the change where um, these nodes that you have to go after for Shatter are going to respawn. So it's going to be always a shifting battlefield. Previously, uh, yeah, the, the Tomaliths are gone. I, the, they, they've been taken yeah. out. No, no, they're still there. No, 
They just, they just respawn. The Allegan Tomolits have been removed. You can no longer uh, occupy those for data. Those The icebound Tomoliths that's, now respawn. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. The icebound yeah, 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 yeah. ones. The icebound ones. You know, previously you'd shatter them and they'd be done. And so you, you're keeping track of what's still available. Now they're going to respawn. So it's always a shifting battlefield. Um, and like you said, your Allegan base of operations can't be captured. So that's just, they just chuck that out the window. Um, so you don't have to really worry about your your home base. It's all about going for the node and always yep. being engaged. Um, I, I, you know, I think we have enough front lines where you know you're you're protecting yourself from overextending. Um, this is going to I think encourage more diving out into the deep end. So, oh yeah, big time. I like it. Agree, Flynn. Oh, it's, are you like a? Are you? Yeah, a, I'm you, looking for the. I don't think we've really, uh, really delved into your line. PvP experience. Yeah, I do the old front line. Sometimes it's, you know, for XP uh, at the start of an expansion. Ooh. That's mostly what it is. It's not like the start of expansion or mock tombs. Uh, but yeah, uh, Shatter's always felt uh, like a weird map. Like, if you're on the left-hand side of the map and you... There's just some weird traversal there. Uh, if you're caught in the wrong place, you're just not getting anywhere. You better just return to base and hope you can come out a different way. That's fair. That's fair. So yeah, shifting the map, getting rid of the bases, so it actually feels more different. Uh, more, right. yeah, more different to the other uh, front lines. Then I, I do love. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I do love the roulette change uh, that you're going to get series uh, rewards, series uh, battle pass rewards from your daily roulette. So you just have to do one. Eventually, you'll get there. So that's nice. Uh, then we get to actually see some of the bosses that we saw glimpses mm. of in the trailer. Now, I've cut this footage a little bit because Yoshi P spends inordinate amounts of time like showing off the arena and stuff and, and talking about other, other details while he does so. And that's cool and all, but for the sake of B-roll here, I have cut these directly to his pool of the bosses for a little bit. So we get to see Golbez. This arena does look badass. Uh, yes, you can fall off of it. Uh, so I'm sure I'm I'm sure we'll we'll be seeing lots of dead comrades uh, yeah, falling off of the fight. Hellraiser cube here. But this looks really badass. I do like the aesthetic. I I kind of like fighting on the Hellraiser cube and Golbez. Then the dragon uh, abilities. I mean, just it looks great. It looks great. I can't wait to get into this fight. Oh yeah. Like, I feel like more excited for this fight than I am to see the savage fights a bit. <laughs> Just so because the arena looks so distinct compared to what we usually have, it feels more claustrophobic yeah. and exposed at the same time. Yeah, I mean, we were just kind of talking about the arenas being a little bigger uh, lately than they had been in the past, and then you look at this one and you're like, that's probably a little smaller than they have been in the past. <laughs> that's going to be some tight quarters there. <laughs> Running kind of like proto proto car bunker. We're like, oh, that's that's kind of small. Yeah, that's that's kind of small, guys. I don't I don't know. Uh, I mean, then we get then we get to see some uh, pandemonium boss uh, who I have affectionately called Sheev Bro uh, <laughs> <laughs> just... wow funny <laughs> enough that train of thought is what I thought for the raid gear it's like you're just getting a Sheev set of raid gear yeah I mean watching again I love this arena uh, and we're going to see some of the mechanics here when Yoshi, pool, Yoshi P pulls in just a second. 
But the similarities to Shiva fights of the past, I don't think can be ignored, nor should they be. Uh, so Shiva bro, that's uh, that's yep. Shiva bro. Uh, but I will looks, say the Trina background reminds me of Macalania in Final Fantasy X. Oh yeah! Wow! Yeah. yeah! 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 Nice catch. I that. That's I can see that. Nice. Yeah, it came to me a second ago. <laughs> Just stayed out of code. That's Michelania. Yeah. I, um, back to Golbez just for a second. Yeah. How do you guys feel about Zodiac? You know, with he the was... rotating platform, and because you know we're gonna have a rotating cube. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Well, like you, uh, me like, you was saying, talk. Side, guys? I'm what's expecting this cave to do weird stuff. <laughs> this, is, this is gonna do weird stuff. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, anytime you can see the third dimensions of the platform, whatever you're on, you can bet that at some point you're gonna be on those sides. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like that's a safe bet. I feel like that's a safe bet. Uh, and then are we gonna get are we gonna slide around in this arena? Of course we are. Of course we're gonna oh, yeah. slide yeah. sliding around <laughs> mechanics. Of course we are. Uh, but they both look great. They look great. And I really like this. So we all know like Savage is going to be a week later, right? That's their new thing. And generally, yep. for the most part, that's been positive re positively received by most of the community. In fact, everybody on this show, even Kronos uh, back then and Flynn today, we all kind of agree that's that's actually a really good thing. But here's another good thing. Savage raid reward changes. The mythos uh, that was required for savage gear is going down. It's going down. Mm -hmm. Body body gear going from mythos four, eight of them to six of them, uh, to six mythos threes, and then leg gear going from eight to six, and accessories going from four to three of their corresponding mythos. And four mythos four can be exchanged for mythos one, two, or three at a one to one rate. So. This, I think, is a tremendous change, but I got to say it might be a little self-serving. It might be a little self-serving, because why? Yoshi P said there's a lot of games coming out soon, so they don't want you to feel chained to 14. And by the way, we're going to keep this rate going forward. So might be. And he said he did, like, say, not just Final Fantasy 16. So even he acknowledged but yeah, Final Fantasy 16 is coming out and they want you to go play. <laughs> they want you to go play. <laughs> but they're keeping it afterwards, so I am totally all for this. This isn't... Tark, we've talked a lot on the show about a real need for gear progression and acquisition changes in the game. And this isn't solving the entire problem by any stretch of the imagination at all. It's a, it's a much deeper sure. problem than this. But... While these changes may seem small, four to three, six, eight to six, eight to six, those are multiple runs that you could be on your alternate class or yeah. uh, or doing something else with your alternate classes to gear them up in different ways, even if you don't intend to savage gear them. It's a time trade and a, a speed trade to be doing things for alternate classes or acquiring things so that your alternate classes aren't as far behind. I still think they have to do a tombstone cap change. 450 just doesn't cut it anymore. It just doesn't. But at least this shows me they're thinking along the same lines as we are. I agree. Um, this is all good. I, I thought the biggest change was moving the body piece out of the fourth Four fight to three. into the third. Yeah. 
Um, so now you can actually get that bis. It's no longer just a, a trophy piece. Um, that's reserved for the weapons, um, which I think is a good spot. Like even in ultimates, those weapons are just trophy pieces. They're just climber, you know, status symbols. So, um, Doc Holliday yeah. says, what a nice guy. Yeah, he's totally a nice guy. That's why he's doing it. Oh, nice guy. Yeah, not self-serving. I got my 16 already paid for. It was only $4,500. Flynn, I Anyways. know you're kind of on the newer end of Savage rating or rating in general in some cases with, with your group. So welcome to some lower standards, brother. <laughs> oh, I know. I thought it was nice that I was coming in already to the feet and hands being reduced. <laughs> so it's nice to get the rest of it reduced a little as well. Takao says there shouldn't be a cap, really. For a game that lets you play all the jobs on one character, you don't fully gear, but three before the new gear is out. So here's the thing. like I, I would be in favor of no cap, too, but I can at least understand why they put the cap there. The, the, the cap is there because they don't want people playing the game like that. That's never been Yoshi P's MO, whereas... If you can get the reward in 36 hours by sitting there and playing for 30 out of those 36 hours, people will do that. They will absolutely do that. And that's never been Yoshi P's MO as far as... It's not healthy. The, right. The, this is the way he wants to play. So I, I, I don't think they would ever take it out entirely. Um, I'd be fine with it because I don't care. If you want to play for 36 hours straight and have, you know, all your tombstone, your current tombstone gear in 36 hours after the patch was release, release, I don't care. Take care of yourself, do your thing. Uh but from a design standpoint, that's never been Yoshi P and team's philosophy. Speaking of like it wouldn't be too bad if they just remove restrictions at the point 0.5 patch. Just allow yeah. Some things to come That's off. fair. Especially with it being, you know, four months now, a full four months. Yeah. That could be uh, another solution. I mean, if you want to get really and crazy, you make the cap unique to class. Uh, but then that also makes mm. you, it that comes yeah, with you a run whole, into that previous problem. That comes with a whole lot, a whole set of other problems. Yeah. In which now the class can only buy its own class's gear, and yeah, it opens up another can of worms. Uh, and we actually revert, you're right, we revert back to uh, problems we used to have. So I think the cap should be loosened. I'd be fine with it being doubled. Make it 900. Oh, yeah. That, that cuts you, things in half. If you're, not, you if you're not gonna go- a little? If you're not gonna go crazy and like do a full, Hey, this is the way we've always gotten gear. Now we're going to change the way we get gear entirely. In lieu of that, cut the time in half. Put it at nine hundred, uh, and and let it sit for a few patches and and see what it lo the data looks like afterwards. I would go another route. Um, if they're really concerned about people playing too much, maybe you increase it just a little bit, five hundred, five fifty. But then you lower the costs of everything. So you're not having to do that as much and you get start getting pieces sooner and you start working on your alternate jobs sooner. But your playtime hasn't really increased to go there. So that's kind of my solution to that. A system I reckon could work is your initial purchase is at uh, its normal price. But then it checks something in the system and any subsequent pieces you need to buy comes at a cheaper discount. Yeah, that's that whole... then your initial set of gear is still going to take you the time to work for it, but then it's easier for secondary pieces or 
alt. Yeah, they, they have to do something because alts are a huge alt classes are a huge problem as far as you know gearing them up in a, subst- a substantive way. If you are somebody that needs or plays with people that you need multiple classes geared up to that level, your average player you know doesn't care, right? They're gearing up to maybe three classes, right? They're their favorite classes. They gear them mm-hmm. up and really. They sink all the gear on one because that's the one they progress with, and then the other two they just get over the subsequent patches. Uh, but there are people that play every class and would like to be able to get that tombstone gear before the next tombstone gear comes out for all of their subsequent classes. But yeah, anyway, yeah. this is a step in the right direction. I think was the only real point I was making. It this yeah, this yeah. kind of to me. Is. This kind of, to me, at least shows that they acknowledge there's a gear acquisition issue that needs to be addressed. I don't think it's the main one that needs to be addressed because this is the Savage gear, right? And that's already a a smaller percentage of players to begin with. But at least it shows they're they're thinking about these things. Speaking of gear, by the way, look at this fucking thing. (laughs) Look at this thing. Oh, I want that so bad. Look at that little guy. My blue meat armor is usually a dapper gentleman, and I just need the umbrella to look even more dapper now. Look at that little guy. It doesn't unfold, but yes, your blue mage can smack enemies with it. It needs to be a blue mage mount as well. (laughs) Oh, you know what? There was another piece of that whole gear change for the raids that maybe is a little under the radar. The fact that um, there's not going to be any duplicates. Yeah. So you'll never have like two rings or two earrings or two hands. You always get one of two, a different piece. So that's awesome. So there's nothing wasted until it's actually time to waste it. Oh, and from a uh, and a, from a, there's going to be a single treasure coffer appearing. Yeah, uh, yeah, which makes it easier for them to manage the code for duplicates. Exactly. So that they can combine everything to one box and and then roll the odds from there to ensure the duplicate stuff works. Lots of island sanctuary stuff, new ranks, visions, gathering areas in the wild, construction plots in the hideaway, item rewards, materials, new craftable items, crops, animals, outwork, handicrafts, structures, outdoor furnishings that you can place near structures, maximum of 90 slots, and special furnishings like striking dummies still not going to be supported. We already knew all of that. Uh, And furnishings in your inventory may be placed on your aisle as glamours. So you can Maui your island <laughs> into oblivion. Mm-hmm. As Yoshi P showed us. Yeah, and enjoy another currency called Island Prisms. <laughs> <Yeah. sighs> this game loves its currencies. It oh, definitely yes. loves its currencies. Definitely loves its currencies. Uh, and the Criterion Dungeons, uh, I can't wait. They showed off yeah. like tons of minions and gear and mounts and a bed and <laughs> the uh, bed. Another bed mount. Let's go. The bed was my favorite. <laughs> like I'm not. Oh, not, mine was not, the not, not, okay. not even gonna lie. I love the bed. Go ahead, Flynn. Oh, uh, the creepy yokai for me out of the mounts. That's what sold it. Take- it just reminds me of uh, Pokemon with Gengar just. Uh, licking people all the time. <laughs> just like, you just creep up to someone who's AFK and just aim your character just right for by the appear. Uh, Tark, at the Fan Fest, you're going to get to try a new trial early. Special battle, the Gilded Arya, uh, will be implemented officially at a later date. 
as, as we head into yeah as we head into the live letter this looks i love the aesthetic here i no. absolutely oh, love God. the aesthetic uh, and Lincoln, we will we Lincoln will see a bunch of other tenth anniversary stuff uh, coming out of the live letter as well. So stay tuned. And they'll also have the six six point four patch reading as always. Uh, all in all, guys, I really like this live letter more than I have maybe the last two or three. Um, oh yeah, and is that pictures and screenshots? Yeah, that too. I, maybe it's just Golbez, right? I got a soft spot for the guy. Uh, and, yeah. and like the previous ones, while I do appreciate the fiends, um, and like the fiends, I wanted to see Golbez. Now I did, yeah. you yeah. know, so I'm not, I'm, you know, my bias for FF4 might be showing here, but I, I really did like this live letter and I, and I thought they didn't go on too long to your point, Tark, there was no yeah. 40 minutes of QVC at the end. You know, there was, they oh, just, no. they it felt off. <laughs> Oh, you didn't you didn't like it without your QVC off. channel. It just it just felt off because it's always a bit at the end. It's like, yeah, stop talking merchandise. Come on, just give us rest announcements so we can go to sleep or whatever. <laughs> Especially if it's a late one. That said, we though, we to mentally prepare ourselves for QVC. <laughs> that said, yep. though, Tark, you feel like you're uh, you need to re-roll. There's no point in being uh, a healer maybe. now. Maybe. I mean, I, this is the way. Their high-end content is going to be, why should I be a healer? It's not needed. We just got to figure out ways to do content without healers, right? Yeah, what happened? What are you talking about, bro? So the most recent Ultimate that came out, top, mm -hmm. the Mega Protocol, you know, Yoshi P said Yeah, you guys are doing okay. Any you guys harder are, than DSR. You guys no, are doing your thing. <laughs> oh, you quit? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, no, we quit that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're doing uwu. I'm playing a tank on uwu. So yeah, I've abandoned I've abandoned healer. Um, so it's not even supposed to be the most difficult. It's it wasn't supposed to be more difficult than DSR. But right. like the consensus throughout the community is, yeah, this is the most hardest content that I've ever put out. Um, beats DSR. So we're like, okay. So you think you know? How do you go against the comp? You know, you got to have a healer, right? You got to have the tanks. I got to take that boss damage, the tank busters, somebody heal DPS is DPS. You know, boss has got to die at some point. Um, but apparently there's a group of AP players that tracked it all out, formulated everything down, uh, all, all the abilities and tank busters and realized, you know what? We can do this without healers. We can do three tanks, five DPS, two of them that have reses, and we can use all of our toolkits Okay, wait, 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 wait. It's an incredible way, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah. But I thought the fight included a healer limit break, like a, a required healer limit break, basically. Yeah. Well, you know, there's this thing called cover that paladins can do. Right. So they can, right. So they cover the summoner and they cover the red mage. Then we know the two that can res and they survive the mandated healer limit break. And then they just res everybody up. And if you time it right, everyone still has immunity for the next healer limit break. Hmm. Good stuff. Yeah. Time for you to reroll. It's just boss. not needed. Time for you to reroll. I'm just going. It is serious. On a side note, it is seriously impressive. Oh, it yeah, is I impressive. Like it. it is impressive. I always like, on content. It took to work that out. Yeah. On current content. Like, obviously, I, yeah. I'm always interested in watching, like, 
you know, Warlock solos this raid boss, you know, in World of Warcraft throughout the years and things like that. I, I like that type of content, but it's always like, you know, one tier removed from current tier or or or, or sometimes even older, right? Um, previous, uh, previously thanks. unsurvivable mechanics based on class updates have now made something survivable, and so you can go do it. Yeah. I always like that stuff, but you don't typically see it um, in smaller parties, solo, uh, you know, trioing something that's made for eight or throwing out <laughs> the composition that the fight is made for in the current tier, particularly in the most difficult current tier of of content yeah. you gotta love it i love stuff like this i know there's usually a jp team that uh, i think it might have changed for the last year but for every savage they always win with a single tank every single time deal just prog day one one tank uh two healers and five dps that's what they've done for years yeah, I mean, it kind of makes the yeah, strategy kind of makes sense, it. right? It's like, hey, we assume there's going to be a DPS check in here somewhere. Let's see as much of the fight as we can with one tank and not have to worry about a DPS check. Like, let's just burn and survive the mechanics uh, so we can see as many of them as possible. Uh, you got to appreciate the strategy that goes into yeah. that stuff. Uh, all right, let's talk about some other Square Enix news, starting with Final Fantasy 16. Not a ton uh, on the, the 16 front. However, we do see Game Informer has revealed their cover. This is the gold edition of yeah. the cover for Final Fantasy 16. Damn you, Americans. Damn. Does we that don't have that here in the UK. <laughs> that looks amazing. I'm like debating whether I uh, frame my Game Informer once it comes in. Well, so the thing is, you're probably, the odds are not in your favor to get this one. Maybe you do. Like, maybe you just get lucky and get it. But this version of the cover is a limited gold cover. Uh, mm. It's not the mass-produced cover. Uh, and really, the only difference is in the normal cover, obviously it's white font for Game Informer instead of gold. And uh, Joshua and Clive are swapped. Clive is on the front cover, and Joshua's on the back, where the gold cover has Joshua on the front and Clive on the back. Um, you're seeing it unfolded, if you, in case you didn't know. In case you are too young to know what a paper magazine is. <laughs> Some people would say, you know, that's spread phoenixed, okay? Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, absolutely gorgeous cover. Absolutely gorgeous cover. But, uh, yeah, I went ahead and... What the hell is this? Did I put the wrong link in here? Yeah. I of course put, you did. Yeah, of course I did. Uh, <laughs> Echoes of Mana. Another one bites the dust, gang. Womp, womp. <laughs> another Square <laughs> Enix Christ. mobile game bites the dust. This one lasted like two years, though. Two years. Hey, that's something. That's, that's like double the average lifespan of <laughs> Square Enix mobile game. <laughs> double of the first soldier, baby. What up? <laughs> this one's kind of sad, though. Like, uh, people... I never played it. I'm just not a mobile gamer. But people genuinely liked this game. Uh, and the way the story was told and, and wrapped up and things. Like, obviously... It actually hasn't it. ended. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Did you ever play this one, Flynn? No. Uh, the only one I've actually played is uh, Opera Omnia. Ah. That one's good. Unlucky, so that's strong. one that's still going. <laughs> Hold on. But it's Chat, nice that, Chad has me double-checking nice something. Here. I thought the game was about two years old. 
Uh, just over a year. Uh, launched on oh. April 27th, uh, 2024. Or, I'm sorry, 2024. 2022. 2022. So, yeah, Final Max. Sorry, oh, you are right. So, it is the exact <laughs> lifespan of a Square Enix mobile game. 12 to 14 months, oh, then <laughs> kill it. Uh, so, my, my apologies. For some so reason, my brain... So, Forever Crisis? Yeah, I, right? Right? You tried the man a game, decided it wasn't quite for you. Uh, hey, I got a rumor for you. Ooh, I like rumors. Tell me what you think of this. We saw Warner Brothers do multiverses, right? That was like their mm -hmm. mashup Super Smash Brothers, you know, competitor. Unfortunately, yeah. we don't know what the hell's going on with that. They closed it down and it's supposed to be back in early well, 2024. We'll see. But they made a mistake with the beta, but whatever. We, <laughs> yeah, by not doing anything with it. Uh, <laughs> then, it should be a beta like keep it open for like a couple weeks and then shut it down and then no they went ahead and sold battle passes for three seasons I know, um, I know. They, they made a mistake they made money that's not a mistake shut mistakes up mistakes were made <laughs> that's not a mistake <laughs> we won't uh, the rumor over. is that Disney is working on one now which kind of makes sense and you kind of like maybe go sure. wow they haven't done one already <laughs> like <laughs> how did Disney watch Smash mm. become the success that it is and not go hey we got a shit ton of characters um, the rumor is that Disney wants to do one and they're working with Square Enix on it and it's called Disney Domination. Take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> but the rumor is Disney Domination up to like 55 characters at launch spread across a single player campaign. that has got like 60 stages. There's going to be a ton of online modes, including 12-player online battles, voice chat battles, Disney Dominion missions, um, and a bunch more. There's a lounge where players can share like st custom stages and content, unique art style. It looks like something out of Unreal Engine 5 and should be quote-unquote edgy. And reportedly, it's being developed by Square Enix, but that is not entirely confirmed. What do you think, Tark? I'm sorry, this name has to change. Like you put Disney and Domination together, it just they don't. I see Mickey in the black leathers with the spikes, and and I'm not shaming anybody. You do you? Don't play Kingdom Hearts, hey, man. Don't don't yuck people's yum. He's already man. in leather. I'm not yucking people's yum. I'm yeah, just don't yuck people's like mom. these two things. Just just they're not a good sandwich. I just. That's where my head went, and I just see memes coming just endlessly for this name. The name needs to change, but like the fact that it hasn't already happened, it blows my mind. The fact that they're possibly working with Square Enix is kind of a well, yeah, they've got Kingdom Hearts, you know, they've got history working together on three plus. Well, not, how many games? Yeah, is in but Kingdom that Hearts? relationship's so always like been 20? pretty contentious behind the scenes. True. Like it's not like they maybe it's, it's not like Square Enix and Nintendo who have basically been you know sleeping together for thirty years at this point. Mm, you yeah. know Disney and Square have kind of butted heads on the whole Kingdom Hearts thing from time to time. Not that they have a bad relationship, but it's it's not always been smooth sailing. Let's say. I think it's all been refreshed with Kingdom Hearts Four. I think they came to an agreement of of things and. 
Uh, if they're working together and this is going to happen, awesome. It'd probably be the first battler like this that I've actually played. <laughs> Mr. Final Max says Nintendo had to sleep on the couch for a 10-year period. Yeah, but then Square Enix had to sleep on the couch for like four years when they almost bankrupted themselves with Spirits Within. <laughs> so, yeah. They, they, they was part like, of our box. Nintendo was like, box. you aren't bringing money home right now. You just delayed Final Fantasy X and had a tremendous box office uh, you, uh, flop. You need to sleep on the couch. And you're going to eat ramen noodles for the next six months. <laughs> All right. Final Fantasy X came out and NX came back to the table and you merged. Come on back to bed, big boy. <laughs> Lord. I like that we've now personified these big companies as people having oh, a sexual yeah. relationship. I mean, they have the emotions of freaking toddlers sometimes, so yeah. why not? Now I can't get the picture of Elsa out of my uh, in in BDSM gear out of my head, uh, Tark. I didn't even take the title that way until you said it. Hey, let it go. Uh, you, <laughs> Just let it go. Yeah, please. Talk to Raid in this chat as always. Yeah. <laughs> Our safe word is let it go. Um. <laughs> what a great day what a great day one time my safe word was oh god i almost died that day i will tell you i almost died that day it was, it was not a wise safe word it was not a wise safe word hey uh square enix is on is on the prowl um <laughs> They're looking for new partners, baby. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> not only does uh, Square no, no, Enix... Hey. Not only does Square Enix... While you can't talk a set, Mike, we need to reference that. Professor 11 can drink in the US, and I need a drink after this. <laughs> <laughs> not only does Square Enix want to make bigger games, right? more impactful yeah. games and they need to and better games now these are all their words not mine i'm not bashing them these are their words they want to make more bigger and better games uh their financials were not great they just released their financials and basically it was down across the board like they're not closing tomorrow don't worry about that but like even the mmo side of business was down and that's to be expected you didn't have an expansion for 14 or dragon quest in the last fiscal year so you you expect that uh but they did reference like hey we're keeping people engaged through other things and us players are kind of like what are those other things like you keep telling your shareholders you're keeping us engaged with other things i don't know what the other things are but they want to make things with more global appeal and better set up their pipeline to enable regular launches of major titles so that they stop this kind of trend tark that they've been in where it's hey this year final fantasy 7 remake part one comes out and then next year our finances can't possibly compete year over year because we don't have a big release along the that same tier going with it this is all well and good and honestly probably should have been the approach for a while now a decade ago right right should have been the approach for a while but as part of this, they may actually, they plan that they may create and acquire new studios after just having sold a bunch of studios to the Embracer Group, who now just signed a huge deal with Amazon 
over Tolkien rights, and now they're making a Lord of the Rings MMO again. Not to be confused with the Lord of the Rings MMO that Amazon was previously making in a joint partnership with Leo Technologies before it was bought out by Tencent, and two alpha companies like Tencent and Amazon couldn't get along, and so they scrapped the whole project. This is a different project for a Lord of the Rings MMO from Amazon, but yeah, back to Square, they may acquire and or create more companies again. Now, they, to be fair, they don't say Western companies. Which re remember, Tark, that True. was like kind of the whole True. reason they offloaded those those other companies. They said the they, yeah. yeah, that they didn't want to invest there anymore. It seems weird, though, to be saying that after selling some studios. Especially if only 300 million, right? Like, what are you going to do? You're going to try to buy Konami for 200 million and then flip it in a year or so? Like, like yeah. I, like the, the maybe this is why the CEO is no longer going to be the CEO. It's like you just your head for business is just gone. <laughs> bye bye. Um, like the whole pipeline issue should have been an issue of something that was addressed like a decade ago. You know, have one big title every year and then a smattering of little titles throughout. Um, what we've been getting is like two or three major titles, and then the next two years, like a smash of little titles that uh, apparently don't meet expectations. So you're going to sell the studio. So like I, I, they need to get their head on straight or just get bought out, whatever. I don't know. But. Final Max is acquiring is probably a bad idea for Square. And I, I agree on that front, Flynn. They just don't have the yeah. capital for acquisition yeah. right now. They, they have the capital to be acquired right now um, oh. more than do acquiring. But I, I, spinning up internal studios, I, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, uh, I just feel like they Square has always seemed to viewed all of its releases as the big marquee release, right? Mm -hmm. And then they come out yeah. and say it failed to meet expectations. Whether it was Hitman, whether it was Tomb Raider, you know, whether it was Forspoken, like they World just World of Fantasy. It, it's one thing to look and say, hey, we need to make bigger, more impactful games, and maybe we only release four a year instead of fifteen a year. But those four a year are going to sell like gangbusters. Right, because we're going to sink our heart and soul into them, a la the days of Square gone by. We're going to go back to that. Um, but they kind of always had this, hey, it says Square Enix on it, therefore it's probably going to be a blockbuster approach lately, Flynn. And, and maybe this maybe this changes things. I, I'm not exactly yeah. super hopeful by what they tell investors on a conference call where they have to report bad financials, you really just want to say anything positive and get the hell out of that call. I've been on them. Um, but, you know, maybe this does lead to a little more focus, a little more polish, a little more passion. Hopefully we get to the point that UCP's influence is got good enough that the arrogance behind the scenes is starting to fade. Because that's always been the thing. We are Square Enix. We make the games that look the best. We are the ones that push the RPGs. And that is 1.0 soundfall. It's just we have to make the biggest and the best. And the arrogance just destroys you. We'll see. But yeah, like, uh, the fact that he took it... Go ahead. Go on, All right. I was going to say, it's to Mike's point, Like, if you're going to have that pilot line where you have three maybe four AAA titles to really, you're really focused in on that. Like you're going to have to have 15 to 20 AAA level development groups. Like I think maybe what do they have? Maybe two or three at this point. 
I, I just don't see them getting there. Maybe they. Yeah, can and do I one was just year. using the numbers as a as an example. It's not exactly Square's portfolio that I was uh, speaking to when I said four versus fifteen, and that was. Because the well, thing is, the thing is, I, Square can't focus on like four big titles. That's just unrealistic, right? Like yeah, they can't yeah, do four Final Fantasy seven esque type projects at the same time. That they they just can't, uh, or four Final Fantasy sixteen type projects at the same time. I, I think the problem is, and and what I haven't heard anybody admit is that I feel like they've been sliding away uh, from where their bread is buttered if that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah you know the there are those and i understand why right yoshi p has said as much talking about the development of final fantasy 16 and why he wanted it to be more an action title versus turn-based title and why he wanted to do this and this because they need to expand the audience they can't depend on the people that are 25 to 45 the us's of the world that have grown up with square enix financing the entire future of the company any more than, what, 20 to 50 years based on our lifelines, right? Uh, so you have to capture younger people, too, but not at the expense of where your bread is buttered, I think. Uh, and I feel like Square's maybe focused a little too much on, hey, we need to open up the younger side of our demographic. You do, but not at the expense of the older side of the demographic, if that makes oh, yeah. any sense at all. Yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know when I hear this recently, but Square Enix was a place that uh, us Western gamers went to play an RPG that had a distinct Asian feel, a distinct Japanese feel to it, with the way the storytelling is. And we've just had Autopath Traveler 2, and that's as that vibe. That's that, that, yeah, Square that's Enix that classic well. vibe, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's so well received in West. They need, as you're saying, they need to cater to what made Square Enix Square Enix. As much as I'm looking forward to 16, uh, it is a Japanese take on a European-style high fantasy. But we know it's, with the team that's involved, it's going to have that Japanese flavor to it. Mm. It's going to have that thing that should make it feel like a Square Enix title. Not just a Final Fantasy title, but a Square Enix title. Yeah. Final Max saying, I don't even think action RPGs or shooters are even that appealing to a lot of our younger demographics. That could be, yeah, that's definitely an argument we can have uh, a different time on a different show. But like it or not, that is what Square Enix and even Yoshi P think. Uh, Yoshi P said exactly that on why 16 skewed to action. Uh, and speaking about developing titles at a faster clip and bigger, more important titles, Dragon Quest XII has already set a record, and really all we know about it is a logo and that they have a prototype of the battle system, which is a hybrid turn-based with something else. We haven't seen the something else yet. Uh, that's all we know. And the logo got a color update a few weeks ago. That was it. But it has set a record for the biggest development gap between... <laughs> Dragon Quest numbered series. The gap between Dragon Quest 11 and 12 is already longer than the gap between any two previous games in the mainline series. Prior to this, the record was a five-year gap between Dragon Quest 10 and 11 with four and a half year gaps between six and seven and nine and 10. So here's the thing. While I think that's a very interesting number, uh, I think it's a little misleading because to me saying the the 
comparing it to the gap between 9 and 10 or 10 and 11, I don't think you can really do that, right? Like, you could compare it to the gap between 9 and 11, but 10 was the MMO. And, yeah, that's that's kind of like a... That's a totally different audience. I mean, technically speaking, they're not wrong. will be a shutdown for a good while as well. I mean, technically speaking, between numbered mainline series, they're not wrong. Uh, But I I kind of view the gap between 9 and 11 as the biggest because 10, although mainline and numbered, was an MMO. And that really just kind of throws your data out. But technically speaking... It now has that record. Let's slide over and do Love It or Leave It. Technically speaking. (laughs) Technically speaking. Love It or Leave It is the way we end every... every Love it or leave it is the way we end every episode of the Relic Grind here. It's where I give you something Square Enix related. Could be a game, a feature in a game, a press release, something they did, something they said, something tangentially related to Square Enix, just because I wanted to talk about it and it's my show. And you tell me whether you love it, want more of it, leave it, never see it or touch it again. No fence setting here. Of course, this being a live letter review episode. Flynn, love it or leave it, live letter 77. Just love it. And the fact is making me read Dante Superno. Uh the divine comedy again. Gotta love it just for that. Tark. Uh I'm gonna say love it. We have had discussions about do they do too many live letters? And I was in agreement that I think we do, but this is the live letter I like. You know, a trailer, some screenshots, uh, a little bit of gameplay, even if it's you know nonsensical and what's going on. Um, but this is the type of live letter I, I like. Um, they need to cut out some of the maybe the fluff live letters. But P- PvP I- I did go game. on a little long for my taste in this one, but it, I can understand they were uh, making map changes a, and stuff. Uh, I'm gonna love it too. I'm gonna love it too. This this one really did it for me. Uh, I think I would have liked it more actually if we didn't have the last one. Um, mm. You know, that, that, that's the one I think needs to go away. Is yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. you got there's like three per cycle. You got the review of the previous, then you got what's coming up, and then you have the one we had, which is the screenshots. And yeah, uh, I think they need all, to although there were some topics that I wish they would have shortened just because of personal interest level. Like I don't care about PvP enough to want to talk about it as much as they did, but I get it. They were changing a whole map. They were putting a new UI in there and stuff. It was it was a little longer. Baron giving me shit. It lasted longer than a second. I give them at least 10, 10 seconds to run through the PVP changes. But uh, at least it wasn't an hour on Triple Triad. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. famously. Yeah, famously. That's going to do PVC. it for us here today on the Relic Grind. Thank you so much for watching. Make sure you comment, like, subscribe, turn on those notifications. Let us know what you thought about the live letter 6.4 and all the other fun stuff we talked about. We will be back next Thursday for another episode of the Relic Grind, even though we won't have Saturday's Gaming Gumbo show for the next two weeks due to Final Fantasy trading card game stuff. And if you are a follower of that, make sure you're following our Twitter uh, and FFTCG underscore Linkshell on Twitter. Just saying. Maybe it's something to look at. Some stuff coming soon. Until next time, Flynn, where can everybody find you? You can find me over at twitch.tv slash within crisis. I will be streaming probably Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week with a podcast episode potentially happening Wednesday night, talking about live-action role-playing. Ooh, LARPing. Some LARPing. All right. 
What about you, Mr. Tarkov? Find me at Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, all at Tarkov Gaming. Uh, we'll be putting up a video on, on YouTube. We'll be going over the preliminary patch notes that come out tomorrow. Uh, and then here on Ready Check Radio, uh, you can find me playing Episode Gladio, finally, on f- for uh, Saturday night. It's going to be fun. Sounds good. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me personally right there at MagicMan1, but more importantly, follow at RC Radio, R-A-I-D-E-O on Twitter, and you'll know every time we go live with a podcast, a stream, Final Fantasy TCG Locals, or we're just hanging out. We'd like you to come hang out with us. Until next time, gang, stay safe. We'll see you on the servers. Healers need not apply. We are redundant. Enjoy your new robe.